and everybody gets it back again. Don't take no mess out the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. As Damon takes it to the wreck. How the world did they do that? Believe it, it ain't easy. Drive your hooty to the game. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. Post-draft edition, we are recording this on Friday, June 23rd, one day after the draft. If you missed it, which I don't see how you would have, but just to recap, the Blazers had the number three overall pick, the number 23 overall pick, and the number 43 overall pick. They took Scoot Henderson of the G League Ignite at number three. They took Chris Murray of Iowa at number 23. And they took Ryan Rupert out of France with the 43rd overall pick. We're going to get into more depth as far as like the draft picks and, you know, offseason moves, all that kind of stuff. We're going to do that in the coming weeks. And uh, they're going to have the press conference tomorrow morning to introduce their draft picks. So, you know, we'll have some coverage of that. But this is just another one with me and Eric. We hadn't done one together in a while, I think since before the lottery. So it's really been a minute. But, uh, We, you know, we just kind of wanted to get together after the draft, just kind of talk through everything. Obviously, there's kind of a lot up in the air with the Dame stuff and kind of the direction of the roster and some of the different stuff that Joe Cronin has said is going to happen versus kind of what has actually happened so far. So we get into a lot of that and uh, just kind of talk through, you know, where we're landing on things right now, but... You know, there's going to be a lot more coming. You know, we're going to, again, we're going to get deeper into the draft stuff. We're going to get, you know, I have a couple guests on, you know, lined up related to Scoot Henderson. Got a couple other things in the works. And then obviously we've got, you know, free agency coming up, summer league coming up. So we're going to cover all that. But for now, it's just, you know, you guys know what it is by now. It's me and Eric. We're just talking through some stuff. So let's get to that now. All right, Eric, a day later. How are we feeling? I mean... About the same, I get. I mean, about the same, more or less, uh, that I did last night, which is feels like it's the end of the Lillard era, but it also still feels a little uncertain, just because I don't know what the deal, what the the right deal would be for him, for both sides, for both for the Blazers and for him, and I just don't know. There's, I guess I just don't see this like immediate path to a championship, almost like a KD and Golden State situation. Like, if Dame goes somewhere, it's still yeah for yeah like, and he's well within his right to go do that, but because he should. I mean, he's put in so much time here; he can do whatever he wants. Uh, It's just, you know, I guess the calculus might have to be. Is he going to leave for like an increase from a zero percent chance to win the championship this year to like a five percent chance? And then what happens in two years? Is that is that an increase? Like I just think those might be thoughts that are happening right now too. That I mean, I think if you're Joe Cronin, you have to hope that Dame is thinking that way. Probably is really what I would say. The thing that happened yesterday that really just kind of stuck with me and this is a couple hours before the draft and we'll get to the draft and portland taking scoot and you know the uh, the other stuff chris paul getting traded to the warriors just feels like the logical conclusion in like the most absurd way possible of like this era of like stars jumping teams every other year because i don't does that make sense to you because it doesn't make sense to me no and i mean Obviously, are you going to play Steph off the ball now? Like, well, like, like what's? <laughs> I mean, Steph, Steph can, Steph is great off the ball, but here's the thing: now you're betting on your six man instead of being Jordan Poole for all of his flaws. You're betting on a 39, soon to be 39 year old Chris Paul to replace that. And here's the thing: they also don't really have yet. Now they could, this could change. 
this is bad. I'm just getting maybe I'm getting a little too into the weeds here, but they don't really have a role guy, like a guy who sets screens and rolls in the way that Chris Paul normally works with, and because Kevon Looney is not really that type of player. I mean, he's a good player, right? But that's not really his game, and so that's weird. Someone made a comparison. It's like the Fast and the Furious movies where the enemy in the previous movie becomes part of the crew in the next movie. Uh, so yeah, I guess it is kind of like this logical, you know, the, the player movement era where, you know, the Warriors most hated player, Chris Paul comes back, uh, to, to Golden State, but I still don't really know like what they're doing there. Like, and then it's like, that's on the heels of Bradley Beal is going to the Suns and like, okay, like uh, th- that their roster is like extreme. They're all, their roster was already too top heavy. Now it's, you know, even more top heavy. And I, I, I just, I only bring all of this up because I wonder if Dame, who, you know, you and I both know Dame pretty well and he watches a lot of league pass and he sees kind of what goes on around the league. I wonder if he thinks like all this stuff is kind of stupid, just like we do. And that a lot of these, you know, team ups and all this stuff that seems great on papers doesn't actually work. I'll say this. I think when it comes to what happened in the draft yesterday and from everything I've heard, you know, I, I have heard that Dame and his people were not thrilled that they used the pick, which they had kind of been telegraphing that if they decided to use the pick, then I think the phrase has been a conversation is going to have to take place. I think that Joe Cronin did the right thing by making the pick because from what I understand, no, none of the trade offers that were out there, like Brooklyn was never willing to re-engage on Mikael Bridges. That's one they would have done. Brooklyn was never open to it. From what I actually heard, New Orleans wanted Scoot. They never seriously got close to offering Zion. They were trying to get him for, like, the 14th pick and future picks and, like, Trey Murphy, which it was not going to work for Portland because yeah. you're only trading the third pick if you're getting a guy. So, I so David in the Griffin, absence David of... David Grifton was trying to grift on Joe Cronin right there. <laughs> so, in the absence of, like, that type of trade being out there, and with Scoot Henderson is really as good as people say he is... I think Joe did the right thing. And I also think that Dame and the Goodwins and, you know, people in his circle are well within their rights to feel the way that they feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they want, you know, they want an all in swing, you know, they want what, what the Clippers did. Right. We're like, they were like, you know, we have SGA, but there's an opportunity to get Kawhi and PG who are a little bit, who are a lot older, but we're going to try and make the run at a championship and it didn't work. And now the, the Clippers are where they are, but they took a chance, right? They, yeah. they were the title favorites. They were, they, they were for a while there. Uh, you know, they, if Kawhi, I mean, we keep saying this a lot. If Kawhi doesn't get hurt in that, in that, in that playoff series to couple in 2021, you know, maybe they beat Phoenix and maybe they play in the championship and who knows what happens there in a Bucks Clippers right. series. If that was the matchup. And I think Dame wants something like that. And it's just been a while since he's had that. You know what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. like, like it's been since, since 20, 2015, since the LaMarcus Batum. And yeah, I would even like venture to, West. I would even venture to say, you know, if you wanted to put like the biggest rose colored glasses on when Nurk broke his leg. Right. But like, like when Nurk broke his leg, that completely changed the ceiling on that 2019 team. And he still made the conference finals, but you know, like that's, so that's happened to him before. So, so, so I, I guess is like so he's done that. So, but I think he wants one more like chance of like uh, even if something happens health wise with someone, I think that's the kind of chance that he's hoping for. I guess Joe Cronin, at least publicly, is trying to put the face on that. Maybe not next year he would have a better chance at winning a championship, but in two years, three years. It seems like that is the type of rhetoric that Cronin is banking on working with Dame. And I just don't know if I just don't think it's going to work. I mean, ultimately over the long haul, unless they 
come up with some kind of miracle out of left field and turn Simons into something unexpected. Simons and Nurk. I mean, at this point, I feel like Nurk is is like a blazer as long as Dame is here. Yeah, because I I feel like we, you know we do we do this every you know trade deadline or I mean obviously last offseason he re-signed for big money, but the last two trade deadlines we've been just convinced that Nurk is gone. Going into this summer with them talking about going all in, making these trades. We know that's a spot that they've been looking to upgrade for a while. I don't know what the trade out there is for Nurk that's going to bring back an upgrade. I I wonder, like, I It doesn't think feel like it's there. It just doesn't feel... It, it doesn't... It feels like they have I mean, to maybe, give up maybe there's, to get off of him. Maybe there's something else that they could do. Maybe if a team is enamored enough in Simons that they're willing to take Nurk on... But that team has, some... and then you get like two or three players back or something. Yeah, that 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 maybe fill some some more immediate needs because I think this is the big thing coming out of this scoot draft is if this is the team, one of those four guys is going to be really unhappy because yeah, and... you want you're going to have four guys that are going to want to play around thirty minutes a game, and there's only ninety eight minutes or ninety six minutes or yeah ninety six minutes. Yeah. between the two players so that means there, there's a huge gap there between 120 and 96 and so you know i i think that is the biggest thing that i'm looking at right now is it's great that they have all this depth but they I, they can't play all these guys it's just, it's just like i mean i guess they could if they play you know a lot of three guard lineups but then you're back to which you're back to what, back to what, what Conti was so mad that neil was making him do two three years ago or two years ago like right and what we've been killing old shape for and what what dame has been begging not to happen and yeah and what at least what i've been my impression has been that's what the front office says they don't want to do again and so like it just it just it just feels like this is just a lot of like groundhog's day right now <laughs> i think no matter what simon's kind of has to be traded even okay even I mean, if I they so, decide like let's say they for, also first of all i do think he has value around the league he's young he has upside he's a you know a great you know, shot creator he's on a good contract i think he's somebody that teams would be interested in you're not going to get like a premium like you know high level impact starter for him but you can get something for him you're not going to have to attach picks to get off of that like the uh warriors just did with jordan Poole. you you can get you can get some kind of positive value for simons even if you decide you're going to pivot and trade dame and rebuild the whole point of doing that would be to clear the runway for scoot and shaden to be the backcourt yes and then at that point are you paying simons 25 million dollars a year to come off the bench or are you going to stunt the development of Scoot and Shaden by having one of them come off the bench? And it's like it's it, it's it's I think it's a it's a much more tenable situation for one of those guys to come off the bench behind Damian Lillard than yes. it is to come off the bench behind Anthony Simons. And yeah, to me, Simons has to be traded. Obviously, they have to trade him for the right package. They can't just give him right. away. But they. They've got to do something with that because it, it they, they just, there's just not enough basketball to go around for that many guards that their some of their be, their best skills are with the ball in their hands a lot you know for the most part. I mean, Shaden is a pretty good you know I I would say uh, off the ball player, and, but but I don't think that that's you know we saw his best moments I think this season with the ball in his hands. So I. Yeah, I, I think Simons has to go. I guess I just don't – I don't know where that deal is right now and who – what the market is for him because uh, I think everyone kind of assumed maybe, okay, if they keep the pick, they keep three, maybe they use 23 with Simons to do something with that. But, you know, all they indication – oh, they did not. Yeah, it sound, and it sounds like they like Chris Murray. Yeah, I mean, that and that's, and that's the kind of guy you draft. I mean – Everything I've read about Chris Murray, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I watched a ton of Iowa basketball this year, but everything I've read about Chris Murray is that he's a lot like his brother. He's kind of a plug-and-play, 3-and-D type of wing that you draft when you're trying to, you know, if you're going to draft a guy like that, you're drafting him 
not as like a developmental project. They kind of did the same thing in the draft this year that they did last year where they went upside in the lottery and then they went with like a more plug and play, you know, rotation player contributor with, you know, Jabari Walker last year, Chris Murray this year. And he averaged 20, he averaged 20 a game in college. You know, he's a guy who can put the ball in the hoop at the forward spot, which, you know, they have Jeremy, but their other forwards don't really, they're not really bucket getters like that. And so, you know, in, you know, in, in, his, how he projects. I also found it interesting that we learned, you retweeted it onto my timeline. Now this could be total, total cope right here. That Chris Murray was one of the people who was invited to Dame's camp thing that they had. Formula Zero. Formula yeah. Zero here in Oregon. Uh, and maybe that this was a pick to appeal to his maybe concerns about a wing who can get a bucket. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think Dame is making. Yeah. I don't think Dame, first of all, I don't think the front office is making a draft pick based on like, they already, they already like gave a two way spot to Dame's cousin. Shout out to college and Blevins. Like, well, and they signed, GP, I think we're, they signed GP two. They signed GP two because he's a good win guy. So like that, I think they're kind of past the, we're going to just make the exact moves that Dame wants. I also don't, I first, I, I think, I think that this front office, when it comes to like draft evaluating, like, like whatever you want to say about, you know, you know, uh, how they are as, as negotiators and, you know, trade, you know, as far as trades and free agent signings, the track record is very hit and miss there so far. I think with Joe's background as a scout and especially with Mike Schmitz and some of the other folks in the front office, you can say that their strength so far has been finding value in the draft. I don't think that front office is going to throw out their entire process and make a first round draft pick to appease Dame. And I also don't think the thing that swings Dame deciding he wants to be here or not is, hey, you took a kid that was at my camp a year ago. Like, I don't think that's how he's going to make that big of a decision. Well, yeah, and I think to your point, you know, maybe there's also, yeah, I think to your point, there's a realization that like, hey, maybe like the Jeremy thing, I think that was probably, that that has probably worked, that's probably a good call, but like some of the other calls, you know, didn't work out. So it's like, if if he's going to potentially leave anyway, and he's making, and you're like listening to him on all these decisions, then you're going to be looking back at yourself like, what did we, why did we do this? You know what I mean? Like, it's so... Uh, I, I just, yeah, I think it's a really uh, interesting situation. I just also think there are potential avenues. They still have the MLE. Is an interest. So let's get to this because you you texted me earlier saying that you have a new agenda for the MLE and you didn't tell me what it was. So I want to hear it. Harrison Barnes. You think that's you think that's his range? You think that's his price range? I mean, I don't know anymore. I mean, I mean, I mean, a couple, you know, like, but, but, it seems like the middle class is getting screwed with this new CBA, and I would firmly put Harrison Barnes in the NBA's like middle class of players. And I think there's not a lot of teams with cap space. The Kings are one of them now. Now the Kings have the space to resign him, but if the Kings want to make a different move, go in another direction, I could totally see the MLE being in his market, especially to play with someone as good as Dame. But you know, I I don't know. Don't hate that. I don't hate that. I I haven't I haven't really like asked around about his value on the free agent market i don't know if he's a guy that is in that range or if he's looking for one more big payday yeah but if that's i mean if that's a possibility i don't dislike that at all yeah the other one that i had that came up that i thought about which yeah i i, I kind of like this it's not exactly a wing player but it, pj washington He's restricted, right? So He's restricted. To, so you'd have they. So they would have the match rights, which would be a concern. Yeah, but I think they would do. You think? Okay. Well, I mean, they do. The Hornets can't let talent walk. I mean, I know he's not like a you know a, a all star, but like 
you're the Hornets. You basically have, you know, you're, you have LaMelo and you have Brandon Miller and you are going to bring back Miles Bridges and that's like your team. That's not. Right. I guess like, they have Mark Williams. Yeah. Like, like I, like I, I, I don't know if maybe they think PJ doesn't fit with that group. Like I, maybe but, no, that's that one's not terrible. Because, I, I, yeah, because he's really talented. and He's restricted. I think that's the that's the part. That's the part that's a little bit you know. But those are the two guys I would say that I would like. I think would be like home runs with the MLE if they could do that. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I I I, I like that. I I if you can get Harrison Barnes for the MLE, I I still think he might be looking for one more you know contract above that. But that's uh, well, yeah, this team has cap space. So that's yeah, it. they have cap. Oh, they have cap space and bird rights. So like they yeah. could, they could, they could pay him whatever they want if they wanted to. Yeah. And I mean, if you're Harrison Barnes, like they've got a pretty good thing going in Sacramento right now. Like I don't know why you would leave. No, I to go to a situation as uncertain as you know this Portland situation. Totally, but it was just like I was looking at the because it's just it's just a really it's it's just not a great free agent class. No, it really isn't. Like it's just it's just not, um, and, and and I just don't I don't, I don't really see um, that many great candidates out there with the MLE, and that's why I think it's even more important for them to find a trade with Simons because I feel like that's their only way to really build to maybe get one starter uh, at least another or or at least a rotation caliber front court player and maybe. A pick or something because like i i just don't know where i don't know where where else they go with that you know so uh it's it's interesting because i don't and also like i think orlando is probably one of the teams that i would have thought would have been an anthony time team but they just drafted a bunch of guards so that takes them off the table i guess maybe there's a world in which the Bulls could be interested in him for DeRozan. Maybe, yeah, for DeRozan plus the pick back. That would be like the idea is like then you get off the pick, but then you know, I mean, is that, Chicago, that's Chicago gonna, gonna do that? Like, like, I mean, it sounds like the Bulls are just gonna run it back. Yeah, they did. It, it, the the quotes about that, like they that they feel great about the the Orlando trade. The Vucevic that trade. cost them the eleventh pick yesterday. <laughs> I'll tell you this, Blazer fans. If you think that they're in a weird spot right now, I used to cover the Bulls. I still have a lot of friends in that market who are fans of that franchise. It could be a lot worse than it is here. The Blazers, whatever happens, I think the thing I keep coming back to that makes you know as much as this Dame stuff is like exhausting to talk about, and I'm kind of over it. If that's the direction they go and they pivot and they rebuild, Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp is not the worst thing in the world as far as a starting point for a rebuild. No, it's it's totally totally right. I mean, I think that's that's the best way to look at it. Is no matter what, there's a future going on with this team, whether Dame stays or whether he goes, and so that's that's probably one of the things that will make it easier for a lot of fans if he does leave. Is that there's just like there is maybe a path there, but I do think still there's a lot of fans that are just like, dang, dude, like, feels like we're just gonna let this guy walk without really giving him a, you know, a real chance to yeah. to 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 win to win a championship, which is all he's been asking for since he's been here. And so, like, in that respect, you know, that sucks. But I mean, if if the deals weren't there for Sh- for Scoot and people were trying to fleece the Blazers out of him for not an actual star or you have Brooklyn in their case, like not playing ball at all because either they think they can get Dame or someone else down the line with, you know, uh, to pair with bridges. And if they think they, you know, they have a great number two there, let's say Dallas, you know, has a, another down season. Like I could totally see the nets, you know, bringing their stuff to the table for Luca but, That's another team, by the way, that I think the Blazers are in a better spot than. The Nets? Or no, Dallas? the Mavericks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Mavs the Mavs have Luka, but that like that whole thing is just, like, there's nothing going on there. Like, they have no... They're counting like, on Kyrie Irving, bro. That's the worst business to be in. Yeah. 
I mean, it's 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 just it's not a great business to be in in the NBA if you're an NBA. And like and like wherever you want to land on 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 Chauncey Billups as a coach, like. I mean, I, I'd, I'd still take I'd still take him over Jason Kidd. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I think you know, I'm very interested. By the way, speaking of Chauncey, I haven't I haven't talked to him since the combine. I saw him about a month ago. We talked for a little bit, but he is going to be at. We're recording this on Friday night. Tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, they're doing the press conference where they introduce the three rookies, and Chauncey's going to be there. I am very interested to ask him how he sees the Dame, Scoot, Ant, Shaden stuff balancing out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll give an answer, but I don't know if it'll, like... Yeah. Chauncey's actually pretty pretty honest when you ask him stuff, you know, questions. He's 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 gotten a little bit better at, he's gotten a little bit better at dodging stuff, but he'll still let some stuff slip. Well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he'll, he'll start giving that game away yet, but I mean, he's got to have some kind of answer about like what they can do, but uh, yeah, it will be interesting. And I wonder also too, like, is he going to keep some of those like same offensive sets where he's like running the offense through Nurkic and like, like with this type, this kind of backcourt talent, like is he going to keep running the the like the, those type of actions instead of like dribble handoffs and pick and rolls and 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 things like that? Because, uh, you know, I do wonder. I do wonder if maybe that's the question. Is like, do does adding these guys make you want to change your philosophy and or whatever? Because like. Or, yeah, because I, I think that's a really interesting question is, like, how are you going to use these guys? Because uh, it seemed like they didn't quite have, like, a – until the midseason when they were having a lot of problems, they needed to, like, get the ball going to Dame more in the peck and roll and the high pick and roll. And, right. But other than that, I don't – like, you know, they, they were really trying to play through Ant. They were really trying to play through Nurk. And I just wonder – how he's going to approach that now. I am so interested in, I mean, just let's, let's just a little bit of uh, positivity here. I'm pretty fired up for scoot versus Wemby at summer league on the night. man. Well, I mean, I know Wemby says he wants to play. I hope the Spurs let him play. I think the NBA will strongly encourage them to let him play the, because the, so the, the Spurs first two games are versus Charlotte, so it's Wemby versus Brandon Miller, and then versus Portland, which is Wemby versus Scoot. I think the NBA will kind of nudge the Spurs to say, look, you don't have to make let let him play every game, but these two... And you don't have to play him 30 minutes. No, 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 no. But Wemby versus Scoot and Wemby versus Miller, they would... I think, I think the NBA will be like, hey, look, we're putting these ones on ESPN in primetime. Can you you know, work with us here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure ESPN will have a big say in that as well. Yes, yeah. Like yes, that, that, so. That's the other part of it too, is it's probably less the league and more ESPN. That's like, we're putting these on TV. You better give us the good stuff. Yeah. So the league put out the summer league schedule uh, today and the Blazers first two games, they have, they have, they have four games that are scheduled. They, their first one is against Houston. So that's scoot versus uh, Amen Thompson. Mm-hmm. Which I'm that that's going to be a fun one, and then the second one is Scoot versus Wemby, and then the third one is Scoot versus Miller, which I will not be there for. I'm 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 there the seventh to the eleventh, and the game against Charlotte is on the eleventh, but it's later in the day after my flight, and I tried to look for a later flight, but I decided it wasn't worth extending my stay by a day for another summer league game. I've done this enough times that it, like I don't think that's really worth it, but uh, it's gonna be like. I am legitimately really excited to watch Scoot Henderson. Well, yeah, and if Shaden plays. Yeah, which is still to be determined. We asked him about it at exit interviews, and he said he wants to. And I talked to some people in the organization like a week ago. who I got the sense that if he really wants to, they're not going to tell him he can't play one or two games. But it's going to be like a Brandon Ingram in his second year plays one or two games, dominates, and then they just pull him. Like, it's going to be that type of thing if he plays. But he said he wants to at exit interviews. So, you know, it's, it's within the realm of possibility. I mean, I would, I mean, we would always love to see that. Like, I think that's what Blazer fans really want to see. 
something you addressed too and in your newsletter and we all wrote about it is like one of the other things too that i think kind of is making the the situ- the dame situation a little bit more calm right now and maybe not as the heat is turned all the way up is the fact that he can't actually be traded until july 9th okay so i have to clarify that i found out that that's actually not accurate oh i found out that it's actually a six-month restriction so he could be traded today if they want. okay okay all right so that's, well, then that that's makes my, me, that's so then that makes me a little like how bad does he really want to go i still think i think i think so my my read on it and again you know we do this every year if you ask him what his number one desire is it would be to be in portland and feel like he has a shot I don't think he is approaching this from a standpoint of, I got to come up with any excuse to get out of here as soon as possible. I think he is willing, like, I don't, I think he doesn't love that they made the pick last night, but he gets that it was the right move to make because I don't, I don't think Dame would have wanted them to trade the third pick for like Zach Levine or Brandon Ingram or something. Or Cat. Because those, that, right, because that would be a bad trade for the sake of just making a trade for a name to say, hey, look, we got you help. So I think Dame doesn't love it, but he gets it. I think if the next, I think I think if the next two weeks with the trade stuff and free agency stuff also completely goes sideways, that's gonna be it. I think he's willing to give Joe one shot to do other stuff with the roster before he finally, you know, makes the decision final. If I had to ask today, if you asked to ask me today, I think he's leaning that way. But I also think it's not a hundred percent yet. Yeah, I think I think that's a great. Yeah, that, that's that's totally how I feel too. I think he's more into leaving than he's ever been into it. But I still think that na- his his natural incl- inclination is to not, uh, right. which is this is so it's it's really an internal, you know, struggle there. Or uh, and, and you know, I don't envy. I'll also say this. I don't envy it. Yeah, I'll also say this. Do it or don't. Yeah. If it doesn't happen this summer, we need to all just agree to, like, I'm not talking about, like, us in, you know, the local media, because we're all sick of talking about it, but maybe Dame could start saying no to some of these podcast invites or whatever, where he knows he's going to get asked about it. Like, we just, we need to, like, we do this every year where he gives some interview about how he wants to win in Portland, but blah, blah, blah. That turns into a whole news cycle. It happens every two weeks. And then, you know, he ends up staying. Like, can we just, if he ends up staying, can we just, like, not do that anymore? I mean, someone made this comparison, and I hadn't really thought about it until he said it. Uh, We were watching the finals at uh, a local establishment. You, I think, believe you were there. And a friend of mine. I don't think I watched the finals at a Oh, no, was was it that game? Game four, game four. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone made the comparison that it's, haven't it, it, it hasn't felt like this in a while but it's 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 reaching on will brett Favre retire or will <laughs> brett Favre come back to the green bay packers like it, and they just drafted aaron Rodgers, right well yeah but but, but i'm just saying like the scoot like the yeah, the, the, yeah, the blazers just the drafted, blazers aaron drafted aaron Rodgers, and it's like this like will they won't they the even though basketball isn't played like football and you can play right. two great point guards at the same time and you don't have to just have one but it is it is a lot like the way in which it basically has its own block on first take now is like straight out of like the brett Favre will he won't he playbook and it's like that's why i don't think even if he stays it's ever gonna go away because this isn't this is a big thing for espn they're just gonna milk that like it's gonna milk it man there's like they're just gonna keep milking it like that's, that's all they're it's a do. content vertical. Yeah, it's a them. content it's vertical. The, the Damian Lillard trade. Like, what are they gonna do when Dame retires? And they don't have that. Like, are they just gonna like out of force of habit? Like he retires in like twenty twenty nine or what whatever. If Damian and then had gotten traded to the blank. And no, like, I just the remember new like, content. The, I just think like force of habit twenty thirty one. Like Stephen A. Smith is gonna catch himself yelling like the New York Knicks need to go get Damian Lillard and then like then they like remember that he retired because it's just like so drilled into it now yeah well I, it was that was probably my favorite first take I, I think it was like maybe it was right after it was like after game three I think it was and it was like 
like uh, like Stephen A had clearly like gone out on South Beach the night before, and he was like pretty. You could tell he was like a little tired. What, sure. what didn't didn't really have like the full the full battery in his back. He, like he had been he had been he had been uh, participating in some in some adult beverage. Exactly, and and respect to him. Like it's the NBA Finals. It's, oh no, dude. Uh, NBA Finals on dude. South Beach. But I, I could just feel like the hungover energy. Like someone asked him, like, what does he think needs to happen? He goes, Damian Lillard needs to get traded. <laughs> it's just like. And it was just like, and it was like in the middle of the it's finals. Just, it's just playing. Like, it's just playing the hits at this point, dude, man. It, like, it really is. And so, like, it's so lazy. And I think everyone wants it to be over. But the problem is, is that like, I mean, I think we've kind of reached the point now where the public perception of Dame has shifted to where every time he, you know give some hint that he might leave and then doesn't people are just like shut up dude it's like it's kind of it's i saw some wild. i saw somebody yeah, it's kind of wild how he went from, i mean like I ex- he went from the guy everybody loves who does stuff the right way to now like he you know now that like some of it through his fault because he keeps doing these interviews and going on these podcasts and, and agreeing to these profiles and some of it not his fault because most people who cover the NBA don't know how to talk about the NBA any other way besides why is this star not leaving a small market. Right. But through the transaction lens. But because of, because of, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, you know, because of all of these factors, his entire thing now, as far as his public image has become, he's the loyal guy. He's the guy that does it the right way. And he's the guy that, you know, doesn't run from the grind, if you will. And every time, you know, it, it he starts making noise like he is right now or like he did in the summer of 21 after the Neil Chauncey stuff or whatever. Uh, and then it doesn't happen. People are just like, come on, dude. Like, stop doing this. We know how this is going Well, and I think the other perception, too, that happens is... I do think it's actually, like, quite a, a difficult decision for him. It is. And, but I, I think that a lot of people believe that he's playing up how hard of a decision is to like play up the loyalty points and, and, and doing it almost as like an end unto itself is, 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 and and I think people kind of like maybe just don't care as much. I don't know. Like, I I, don't know. Cause it's, cause this, this, it's been done. This whole, this whole news cycle we did it. Two, I I mean, think two, two like, years ago was the peak of this news cycle, in my opinion. Like he was like, he yeah. was like, prob- like, because it felt like you know he was going to be gone, or you know if something didn't happen, and then Olshay ended up getting forced out, and that ended up being the thing I think that ended up keeping him here. And and, yeah. and I guess that too, but like you know, I, I have to wonder too, like with all this stuff, and maybe it hasn't gone the way he hoped. You know, does he trust this these guys any more than he trusted Olshay to do anything at this point? You know, I I, th- I think there's, I do wonder if 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 there is that like word that like kind of lack of trust there that has been kind of, that has kind of that I think they had a grace period to kind of win, right? And I don't know if they've won that trust. I guess would well, be my, d- and I, I don't well, think they've won. Took it. over. Well, when Joe took over as GM, he basically said, like, it's going to take me 18 months to get this roster right and, you know, get you, know, you clean up the books and get all these assets and do what we need to do. It's kind of been 18 months. Yeah. And look, they're in a much so, better position than they were. And I think now. I the- think. Okay, so here's I think here's the here's the difference between the previous front office shortcomings and maybe what we perceive as this front office of shortcomings. I do not think Joe Cronin is a used car salesman. I don't think Joe Cronin is actively lying to people like maybe his predecessor did. I think Joe Cronin genuinely believes that he's going to be able to salvage this with Dame and that he's going to be able to do what he needs to do. I wonder if he fully knows what he's up against. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think objectively speaking, if you can if you can get it right, if you're a small market, the two timelines refilling your star players and 
getting your nailing your draft picks like you know the archetype is San Antonio mm-hmm. where they had David Robinson who was a little bit older but then they got Tim Duncan and then Tim Duncan was was the star and then Tony Parker came and Tony Parker was all of a sudden the star and then Ginobili was in his prime and then Ginobili kind of became the guy and then Kawhi Leonard comes down the line and then he becomes the guy and then you mix in you know, they had all of these different guys that they, that they were able to pick and plug and play and of all ages and all timelines, so to speak. So in a world in which you can actually keep your superstar player, nail all your, your young draft picks, retain the talent that you want to retain, there is a world in which that creates the, the contending type of team that Dame one day wants. That's kind of what Denver has right now. When you've got Jokic, you drafted well with, like, Murray, and, you know, the Porter thing has worked out. Bruce Brown was, like, a good under-the-radar free agent signing. You hit on Christian The Aaron Brown Gordon trade. The first round. The Aaron Gordon trade was, like... Like, Denver is kind of the archetype of what I think the Blazers think they're trying to do here. Yeah, like, that, exactly. I mean, and, and like, they, they hit on their second-round pick. I mean, Christian Brown was, you know, in the rotation in the NBA Finals you know, less than like a year removed from playing in college, you know? So, so like, yeah. I, I think, I also think that the notion, like, I totally get it. The average, like, I do agree with Cronin's like take general take that like Scoot is not your average 19 year old. And totally. It's, but you also, you just tried to sell that to Dame with Shaden Sharp a year ago and maybe that one worked out, but I still don't think he has an appetite to be sold that two years. No, ago. but I guess, they are very different in that Shaden didn't play at all for like a year. And Scoot has been playing against grown men in the G League for two seasons. Like, and, and, and like, while they have less games than the 82 game schedule, it's something that more closely mimics the NBA lifestyle than what college kids go through. And, and he's worked with like NBA level trainers and NBA level, you know, coaching staffs and and you know played against nba players played on the nba court with the nba three-point line which you know he didn't shoot it you know great i think he shot it like overall i think including like the the most positive way to view his shooting i believe it included the Wemby games was like 33 percent or around like in the 30s like if you want to include all Mm -hmm. those games and so I, I just think that he has a lot of experience there. And to me, that that is a difference maker for me. And, and also, too, like, to get him at a rookie-scale contract, yeah. even if he's a six-man, like, I mean, I can't wait. If, he, if Dame stays, I'm going to be looking very closely at trying to get odds on Scoot Henderson to win six-man of the year. Because like 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 like, like it, it, it's a hot take. We think he we think we think we think he starts or we think Shaden starts. Damn, that's a good question, man. I I, I feel like it depends on I guess it depends what they do with the rest of the roster. Yeah. Like like if they like do they say like oh we want to start Dame. And I'm already – this is classic Blazer fan brain right here. But I'm like – I'm already going like Dame <laughs> – You're going – let's say they get Harrison get, Barnes at the middle Or, 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 or even if they don't. Dame, Shaden, Chris Murray, Jeremy, Nurk, scoot off the bench. Title contender, uh, Matisse, baby. You know, like 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 like, like I'm, I'm I'm just now we're now we're right back to the 2009 Blazers Edge fan post. Uh, let's trade Steve Blake and Travis Outlaw for Chris. Paul. That's right. That's right. We are we're back. That's the that's the energy we're bringing. Which back. like you know, it do, yeah it didn't seem like Zion was really over on the table. I do think while you and I were on the Zion train, I do think mm-hmm. like. Probably 80% of Blazer fans were like, no, no, not again. Not again. Like, I, I like, I really do think, like, we were a very vocal minority of Blazer fans that wanted to take the, the risk it, the risk it for the biscuit, And I, as I was saying online for, for Zion. But right, I do think there were a lot of traumatized PTSD-addled 
Blazer fans who were just like, no, under any circumstances can we do this. Anybody with lower body, any big any man big with man lower with, body and, yeah, injuries. Exactly. And it's like – Yeah. And look, as much as I do believe in the, you know, I was the vegan Zion or pescatarian Zion. It is, it is, it is an easy town to eat a lot of food too. So maybe it was Zion and big corbs at Tusk. Yeah, Zion and big corbs eating the salads at Tusk. <laughs> we would have to like have a rule that like Zion can only go to JoJo PDX like twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Justin. Yeah, shout, shout out, shout out to, to Justin. Shout out to uh, Josh Hart who ate there like right before he got traded. Yeah. Speaking of Josh Hart, I have to say, I'm definitely coming around on this Chris Murray thing. And Josh Hart for Chris Murray, just just positionally, not even talking about the money, like just in terms of like the positional fit, is a great trade. The Josh Hart trade was objectively a good trade. It, they got a first round pick for a guy they weren't going to re-sign. Which one is better, that one or the Jeremy trade? Jeremy is a better player, so I'm going to go with the Jeremy trade. Okay. Well, I mean, okay, it depends. It depends. It depends on what happens in free agency. I still expect him to resign. It also depends. Like, let's say Giannis leaves or something, and then it's a 2030, isn't it? Twenty twenty-five bucks pick or something like that. You can't worry about. Yeah, that. exactly. No, I, pick is too, that pick is too far out. You can't worry about that. You're right. You're right. I'm. I'm just. I'm just. You know. I'm, I'm, once you trade a pick, my thing is once you trade a pick, you've traded the pick, and you can't worry about it anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but the yeah the jo- the Josh trade, I'm really honestly like I'm kind of getting like, like a little bit of Scott and Freud about uh, his contract. Like, what do we think he's gonna get? Like eighteen twenty a year? Yeah, or like yeah, like yeah, like or like yeah, like four yeah four eighty four seventy five. Have fun with that. Would Blazer fans have wanted them to pay him that if they hadn't traded him? Hell no, they wouldn't. I, I think I think there was a lot of because look he was a fan favorite he 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 he's still a yeah. fan favorite like he like and he's a great dude I love Josh personally great tone setter tough as nails like like great hustle guy but like you know kind of the same size as Dame yeah uh not actually like a defensive stopper like more of like a, a hustle guy rebounder. And, and I think sometimes, too, that he would over – I think that's his, probably my biggest gripe with Josh Hart. I think he overthinks, which, like, I just think he just yeah. – like, I think sometimes he's – he's he just overthinks himself and just overthinks the game instead of just, like, kind of reading and reacting. I think, I, think, I think that would be, like, my biggest thing that I'm just like, damn. Like, and we'll see what happens with the Knicks, man. Like, that's that's, like – See what happens in the Knicks. See what happens in the Nets. I mean, if the Nets don't do anything, this is my favorite. This is my like new hope. Okay. Is you think they revisit? Because what? What if? Well, like, or like, what if they revisit it and it's like, oh wait, you guys suck. What if it's like not even like it's not even scoots on the table anymore. It's like ant and stuff. Like I, I mean, I mean that's that's like the greedy getting greedy. Like that involves going into the season with the four guards, and I don't think that. No, I, I don't think, think that's, that's tenable. Yeah, I don't think that's tenable. But 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 uh, I do think. But here's a, so here's such it's so hard to describe. I see the I see the vision. I I I respect your spirit here. I yeah. respect the positive thinking. The thing that's so hard to square with me about this is you look at every single one of these moves that has been made over the last let's say year. The only one that you can say this was just an objectively bad move was signing Gary Payton in free agency. Right. That's the one where you can say that just completely, that was a disaster. Like, I understand why, like, the thinking behind it, but, you know, they were looking at Bruce Brown. Right. Like, that I, mean, was I, mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just like the two, the other guy that they were considering ended up being, ended up the being like man. the most important role yeah. player on the team that the won the title. It's just like, so great job. They get. The Gary Payton trade was a disaster, or the, the Gary Payton signing was a disaster for a lot of reasons that we've talked about a million times. But so take that one out of it. Not trading the seventh pick for plus stuff for OG Ananobi and drafting Shaden Sharp. Good move. Well, wouldn't it, what, for was, Jeremy, wasn't it going to be Shaden and another pick? Shaden and another pick and Nas and Josh. <laughs> Not doing that and drafting Shaden Sharp instead. Good move. Yes. Trading for Jared. Trading what they. Tr- what little they traded for Jeremy Grant, good move. Yeah. Getting a first-round pick for Josh Hart at the deadline, good move. 
Getting Matisse Thibel basically for nothing, good move. Not oh, you know, giving away this pick last night and instead drafting Scoot Henderson, good move. All these moves individually, you look at them and say, you know, he probably made the Joe probably made the right call here. They just they haven't added up to what they're they were hoping they were going to add up to, and we don't know if they're going to add up to it. So it's just it's kind of hard to square like all of these decisions objectively. You could look at and say individually these were good. You know these this was the right set of decisions that they made, but you don't know where it's headed or, or what it's going to lead. I feel like to. that is maybe the greatest encapsulation of the Chauncey and Joe era is a lot of individuals have made a lot of great individual improvements. Ant has gotten better. Shaden's gotten better. Trenton Watford's gotten better. Even Dame has gotten better. And yet, they're not better together. And so, can can the Chauncey Joe group do that? I think that, to me, is the biggest question because they've been able to accumulate talent, They've been able to develop talent, but they've yet to develop. They've yet to demonstrate that they can collect talent that plays well and grows well together in a way where the where the the sum like it, it's it's greater than the sum of the parts. Like it, it it where I feel like as much as we you know clown on Olshay, like his team's most and Terry Stotts I think was a huge reason why. And his system right. of like ball movement and getting guys involved and just like just being a really smart offensive coach, I think he was able to maximize what all the some of the parts can give you. But I just think that's that's like fifty percent of the job is being able to not only develop your talent and improve it and collect it and retain it, but to get it to work well together. And I think that is the missing piece so far. Uh, I would say of the of the Chauncey Joe era is a lot of great moves on their own, but it has yet to result in something that looks like a collective. And I think that's my today. That's still the feeling. Now maybe it will work, and maybe this is maybe this is. But I, I just you know I don't I don't blame Dame at all for being like, is it? Because because I'm kind of like, is it? Me too. Because, and also, like, that's another thing, too. Like, frankly, like, is the coach, is he going to, like, I mean, I think he could be, he can be a good coach. I, I, I've been hard on Chauncey. I think he can be a good coach. But he just hasn't quite been a good, he just hasn't been a good coach yet. And so, when is that going to happen? Is it going to happen? And, and and where do they go if it doesn't work out? Um, because... And and if they make the playoffs, does that save Chauncey's job? Does that like because I think we're we're entering year three now of of his and he's on a five year deal, right? Something like that. I, I think I I think the fifth year might be a team option. I don't know that for sure, but yeah, you're you're in the right ball. So yeah. I think it's like I think it's kind of like put up or shut up time for for them. And and so like we can't we can't we can't go. We can't be in the middle of this next, uh, you know, this this coming season, and still be talking about. Well, you know, we can't really evaluate Chauncey yet because he hasn't had the roster that. Like or that's been the thing. Like yeah, obviously, we can't. Obviously, the, the, the first year, the first year, like Joe either, which like we gave Joe. Well, like the first, months. like the first. Well, like the first, the first year with all the Neil stuff and then like the Dame surgery and all the trades. Like that one, I'm I'm fine with throwing that one out for Chauncey. This one, like that, the, what they've been doing is saying, you know. It you know the roster was incomplete. You know we knew that it was going to be a slow build. You can't. I mean we're kind of getting both for both of them. We're kind of the whatever the grace period was. Like we're it's kind of it's kind of here now. It's like it's like, so yeah, so so yeah. they better like. I mean for their sake, like if they keep Scoot, like he better be like the sixth man of the year for this to work out. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of how it's got to be if it, if it's going to work out. I think is like, and so Shaden has to make the leap to have Shaden has to, you know, Shaden has to make the leap. They have to get a good deal for ant. They, they have to get a, a, like either a wing or a front court player. Like maybe like a, you know, like John Collins, 
uh, who, who's been out there. I mean, I would love that. I mean, I would really love. You have to upgrade the nerd spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, Atl- I don't know Atl- how realistic Atl- that is, but you have to. Do I mean, that. to me, Clint Capella would be an upgrade if they could get. Oh yeah. If they could get Clint Capella, and he seems like the way more like Atlanta seems like they're way they would way more be into way be into a lot be ah. I can't even talk right now. They would be a lot more into getting rid of Clint Capella than Nyeka Kwangu. Because like, okay, but then what does Nurkic do for them? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you'd have to give up Ant. And I don't know what Ant does for them because they already have DeJounte and Trey, but it's the Hawks. Like, it sounds like Tony Wrestler's son basically runs it and Landry Fields is a figurehead. And so what what happens with that? I mean, I mean, I think Atlanta's a, a really interesting team. I think it sounds like Phoenix is just a non-starter because I don't think that, like, Portland wants to pay DeAndre Ayton $30 million a year and – or – give them another ball handler and help them and make them a better team when you're ostensibly competing against them. I don't think that make, I don't think that trade, I trade with them makes sense at all. I mean, a lot of people have been mentioning it though, because I think, you know, the, 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 the Suns have no depth and, and what about Washington? What about trying to up, you know, maybe you have to give up like a couple second round picks or something. You can, you know, because Washington is clearly in the mode of like we'll take bad contracts for picks. What if you give them a couple of those second rounders and get for Nurk and you get back Daniel Gafford? I mean that that's the one that's the one thing I can think of that's like this might be possible and this actually makes sense. Yeah, I mean that that's because they don't have a center. I mean they have Daniel Gafford, but like, and they're gonna have two young guards who, at least Jordan Poole is thrives in the pick and roll. And the one thing about Nurk that you can absolutely say is that he sets a mean screen. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, and, and he, he, and he's usually a pretty good role man. I mean, he's not great, but he's good at, at the, like, like the Dame Nurk pick and roll was like the grass, you know, it was like the most efficient play in basketball, like four years ago. Like, so, so I think, I think there is maybe a way that they could do that where they could get a Daniel Gafford and maybe a Corey Kispert, or, or, or something like that, which I wouldn't love that. Um, but Gafford... He's a shooter. He's, yeah, he's a wing shooter, which is like they just need guys of that size that can play on the wing because that's always been, you know, the number one thing that has been lacking next to Lillard is is passable wing play on both ends. Usually you get one or the other, defense or offense. It's, it's, it's rarely been both next to him, which I think is what's enticing about Chris Murray. Yeah, well, we. I think we're gonna do this again after. I think. I think you and I have. I have a few like ideas of like guests I want to get lined up in the next couple of weeks. But I think why don't you and I? I think are gonna reconvene after summer league once everything settles and we'll see where everything lands. Real quick, maybe the most important Blazers story of the last twenty four hours. We have found out that Scoot Henderson is going to wear number double zero. <sighs> Love and, it. That is, that is, to me, that is the, like, that, like, cements to me. I was, I was, I was texting with, uh, with a mutual friend of ours earlier about the news. I don't know if you saw this, that the Wizards announced that Bilal Koulibaly. Did you see what number he's no. wearing? What is he wearing? He is wearing a number that... The Wizards have not given out in a long time that Russell Westbrook could not even get, because, even though he had worn it for most. Oh, of the they gave him number zero. They gave him Gilbert Arenas's number, and this person that I was that I sent this to wow. said, "This curses Bilal, Bilal Koulibaly." No, it I think whatever the op. I think whatever the opposite of that is is what is happening with Scoot Henderson, like wearing picking number double zero as a franchise point guard. That like cement like that that is that's innovation. That is something that like is not been done. Like if he was just wearing number like one or number ten or like if he was wearing like a normal point guard number, you think about double zero. You think about like Robert Parrish. You think about Kevin Duckworth. Shout out to his family. You think about Blazers Mellow. Blazers Mellow. Aaron Gordon with the Magic. Uh, Tony Delk. Uh, like it's a big man number. Yeah. A uh, point guard. If especially if Scoot ends up being as good as people say he's gonna be. He's doing something innovative with his jersey number, and I think that means he's a Hall of Famer. I think so too, and I think he's doing a great job of cleansing 
the double zero after Gary Payton uh, to after <laughs> Gary Payton to after that whole thing, after that yeah. that run with the double zero that was not a great <laughs> well it's like well so it's like it's like it like goes it it really goes like back and forth because the after Kevin Duckworth the Blazers had not given it out until Ennis Cantor that's right. So it's like the opposite energy because it's like goes Ennis Cantor and then Mellow. So those are like two opposite levels of vibes. Oh yeah. And then the Gary Payton thing too was, was terrible vibes. And now Scoot. Now we're kind of swinging back towards Scoot. I love it, and I, 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 I it's a much needed reset for the double zero. Um. And you know, I guess it'd be kind of cool if Damon, Damon, and him get at least you know half a season together. Those will be some great pictures of zero and double zero. In the backcourt, going back to the mellow, like arms around each other thing. Yes, just bring bring back the bring back the feeling. I'm sorry to Danny Meringue. I know mellow was not your guy. Yeah, I know there were a lot of. It was a for many of us. It was a. It moment. was a vibe. For those of us who care about such things, it was a vibe. But man, I I ultimately it's an exciting time to be a Blazer fan. I think I think especially where compared to where they've been for the last two seasons this is the most exciting because because it was like you know they lose to denver and they're like and then they fire stats and it's just kind of just been a chaotic and kind of and then, like the chauncey neal stuff, the and, neal then stuff dame, and, then, and then like the yeah. like dame maybe he's gonna leave and then the next season like neal gets fired and then like dame has the surgery and they trade cj and they trade every like La- I think it's last rough, summer. Bro. It's been a rough two years, dude. Except for last, except for last summer, when you know they drafted, they drafted Shaden Sharp, traded for Jeremy Grant, and you know Dame signed the extension, and then like the first two weeks of last season. Yeah, when they started ten and three, and, and like the they the and then winner, like 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 that. Was, ever like, since then, yeah. With a little brief spike with the with the Tristan uh, airplane rap video, that's like the and the seventy one point game. That's like it. yeah, yeah. But it's been and I guess lot, but like lottery night and then yesterday, you know, even though it has felt bittersweet, I think uh, in a lot of ways, I, I think it's still such a much better place to be in than they were in two years ago at this time. And so the organization is in a better place today than it was in two days ago. Yes. Which is, I think Joe Cronin is right about that. This is, again, this goes back to what I was saying. Every single, like the decision not to trade the third pick and to take Scoot Henderson was the right decision. It's just, I also understand why people feel the way about it that people feel about it, including Damian Lillard. Yes. And, And why it's disappointing, but it's also, I do think that there's like a sense that, and I think that was like one of my main points that came back to on my Blazer banter is that there's just no, there's no silver bullet, not only for the Blazers, which a lot of people have been saying. I think Woj said that today. There was no magic trade that was going to turn the Blazers into contenders with the third pick. I don't think that there's a magic trade that gets Dame a ring either uh, automatically. Because the shit is hard, as as um, Miami's Pat Riley once said, after they lost to the Spurs in 2014, right before LeBron left. Yeah. This shit is hard, and Miami did it this year. But like, are their threes going to fall at a historic rate in the next postseason? Is Giannis going to get hurt again? Like, it, are the Celtics? going to poop themselves again i mean I, I don't love the smart trade but like you know you have to go through boston again and it's like these are all legitimate questions that i just like i don't necessarily see this like magical like the 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 path to freedom doesn't come with a championship i guess is what i'm there's no guarantee and i think that's what i you know always Dame says that all the time and he's, when he does these national interviews. is like, what is it going to take for them to get me? And then what happens if he goes to one of these places and it doesn't work out? Then he's on the Westbrook cycle of... Uh, Getting bounced around every year or two. 
the Chris Paul is now in that zone too, and he's like one of the five greatest point guards of all time, and that's that's kind of what's going on with him now. Like, yeah, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier was just Chris Paul getting traded to the Warriors was just like the final reminder of how stupid that whole thing is. And I'm sorry, but like, I don't feel like Golden St- like unless they do, I don't know what else they're gonna do. But I wouldn't like. I'm not scared of Golden State. Like if you're if you're Portland, like like at this point, like I don't know, man. Like I, I think the West is super wide open, and like Phoenix doesn't even like. Even if they like, I said they're so. Top even heavy. if they stay healthy, I don't really love it. And then you've got Beal and KD who miss time every season for at least 20-something games. And Durant, you know, has had some really tough injuries. And they're going to be asking him to, you know, guard the best player on the other team every night and, you know, be a key scorer at 35 years old. Like, I I, I just think there's so many more questions about teams in the West and teams in general in the league that I guess there's just no easy answer. So I – while nationally it's like why hasn't Dame requested a trade yet or why why isn't he gone or why won't Portland trade him I just don't I just don't know if there's a real compelling answer for him yet and I think that's and a compelling answer for the Blazers and I just think that that's that's where they've been at and I think that's probably why I think ultimately he will start the season at the very least with the Blazers because I just don't see the the move that gets him what he wants and what he deserves, which is a chance at a championship. But I just don't know if I see it out there. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting. We're going to see where it lands. Eric, blazerbanter.substack.com. That's right. Blazer Banter on Twitter. That's right. We're going to be doing it. I'm not. I'm probably going to miss a lot of those summer league games. But uh, I'm excited to see the tweets about them afterwards, for sure. Because I'll be... Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to be... Uh, on a vacay. You deserve it, man. Dude, you deserve you deserve a vacay, bro. You We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if they let, we'll, we'll see. see if this team lets you have one. We'll see if they let me have it, but uh I'll I'll be back with I have a couple things lined up for, uh, podcast-wise, guest-wise for next week, so we'll we'll do that soon. Th- thanks everybody.